Are you ready to take the lead in the dance of life? Fall in love with who you are right now and find uninhibited joy every day? Then it's time for you to flaunt your smart, sexy, and spiritual self. Join radio host Laura Cheadle and learn how the five steps of flaunt can help you quit seeking approval, proving your worth, and release you from the judgment of others. Express all that you are, discover your naked self-worth, and finally, enjoy the life you've worked so hard to create. Welcome to Flaunt, Build Your Dreams and Live Your Sparkle. I'm Laura Cheadle, and this is a show for women who are ready to overcome the need to please. For women who are ready to let go of self-judgment, let go of the fear that they have of being judged by others, and who are ready to express themselves fully for who they are right now. This is a show for anyone who wants to start living their best life right now. Not when. When they get a new job. When they find the perfect relationship. When their kids get older. When their kids leave the house. When they lose 10 more pounds. When, when, when. This is a show for people who are ready to get down to the business of living life right now, who are really ready to savor every moment and to find uninhibited joy every single day. So if that sounds like you, you are in the exact right place and welcome. I am so happy to have you. A little bit about me. I'm Laura Cheadle and I'm a former corporate attorney. And you know, I am also a former very good girl. (laughs) If you're anything like me, you can probably relate to being a rule follower What are you supposed to do when you graduate from high school? Oh, you're supposed to go to college. Oh, okay, I did that. How are you supposed to succeed? Oh, you're supposed to succeed by doing, you know, this paper, by doing that thing, by doing whatever. I spent my life doing absolutely everything I was supposed to do. And you know, for the most part, it was it was fine. It worked out well. I, I got a great job. I got a great relationship. I got a great house. I worked hard at taking care of myself and doing the right things. But I also felt like something was missing and I didn't really know what that thing was was because after all I had done it all right and even though things looked good on the outside things looked good on paper sometimes inside I would feel kind of hollow or I would have an experience and I think I should be feeling happier than I really am right now and sometimes it wasn't even happiness it was just maybe a sense of connection like I would work so hard getting Christmas planned and getting the presents shopped and wrapped or shop, you know, shopping for presents and wrapped and getting the meal done. And, and I would go around managing things. 
but I wasn't able to really drop in and feel the magic in the way that I wanted to drop in and feel the magic. And it really made me feel like something was wrong with me. But again, I didn't know what it was because I had done it right. I had done everything right the whole way. It wasn't until a lot later that I kind of had a moment. And it wasn't one thing that happened. It was a series of things that happened. But I had that moment where I thought, I feel like I'm slowly being suffocated. There's nothing wrong, but there's nothing really right either. And I returned to my passions. I started dancing again. And once I started dancing again, I started realizing, wow, my soul has been sucked dry. I have been taking care of everybody else at my own expense, and I didn't realize how I had been starving myself all along. I thought I was managing. I thought I was just fine. And it wasn't until I got into the sweetness and that freedom of dancing and moving my body and paying attention to who I was that I realized how bad I really must have felt. That's when I went back to school I became a hypnotherapist and I started working with women who felt just like I did. Or if not just like I did, pretty darn similar to how I did. They knew they weren't really happy and they knew they wanted to do something different when they grew up. They just didn't know what it was, nor did they know how to figure out what it was that they wanted. That's when I discovered the five steps of flaunt. And the five steps of flaunt help women develop what I like to call naked self-worth. Naked self-worth is the ability to value yourself right now for who you are, not for what you do for other people or for how good you look in a bathing suit or for how many Zumba classes you can do in a row or for anything else that's external. Naked self-worth is being able to value yourself for your essence, for your soul, for that beautiful, glorious person that you are inside. Because here's the thing, we're all going to age. We're all going to get gray hair or crow's feet. We're going to gain and lose weight. We're going to be in better and worse shape. We're going to lose relationships and we're going to gain relationships and we will get fired or we will walk away from a job or who knew? Who knew a pandemic would hit? A pandemic would hit. Our parents will age. Our in-laws will drive us crazy. Our kids will move in and out. Things will happen around us. And when we attach our happiness and our self-worth on the stuff that is going on around us, It really means that we limit our own happiness because we're always waiting. We're always waiting for life to be perfect and for other people to cooperate. And the thing is, it doesn't work out that way. We have to take the lead in the dance of our own life. And we have to create our own happiness now in every single moment, despite what's going on with your friends or your family or your kids or your partner or your body. 
We have to take the lead in our own life to develop that sense of naked self-worth. So we know beyond the shadow of a doubt, see, I'm a lawyer, I told you, <laughs> that no matter what happens, we are still worthy. We are still worthy of love. We are still worthy of our own attention. We are still worthy of making ourselves a priority. And that is what naked self-worth is all about. It's that knowingness with every fiber of our being that we matter. That we don't have to do anything. Oh my goodness, we are done doing. It is time to be and it is time to unabashedly be who we are. Now, I know you're probably sitting there going, yes, I want some of that. I want this naked self-worth that you speak of. I want to feel like that every day. I want to wake up and know I'm tired of proving myself. I'm tired of proving my worth. I'm tired of fighting against the patriarchy, fighting against objectification, fighting against, against, against. I'm ready to just open up and receive and be. And if you are, I say congratulations. You are what I like to call a flauntess. Someone who flaunts is a flauntess. And it is through the five steps of flaunt that we develop naked self-worth. Let me tell you how that works. Flaunt is an acronym. It's also a great word, but it's an acronym. F stands for find your fetish. L stands for laugh out loud. AU is accept unconditionally. N is navigate the negative and T is trust in your truth. And we'll break those down a little bit more. But F, find your fetish. That means do what you love. We're not talking sex fetishes here. We're talking about the things that excite you every single day where you're like, oh, I can't wait to go outside and garden. Oh, my happiest days are when I get a walk around the lake with my grandma. Ooh, I look forward to my step class every Friday. Whatever it is, no matter how large or how small, the fetish is the thing that we do that lights us up and that we would do for the sake of doing it. Think think about when you were a kid. You play for the sake of playing. You don't play to impress somebody. You don't play to get better at something. You play because it's fun. That's what finding your fetish is all about. It's about playing. The second step is laugh out loud. There are so many studies about the power of laughter, and I don't need to go through all of them with you because you can Google them if you're interested. But the bottom line is laughter is healing. It heals us physically. It heals us emotionally. It heals our bodies. It heals our minds. It heals our spirits. We need to laugh every day. Not to make fun of our difficulties, not to trivialize things that are really important, but to allow ourselves to reconnect into the joy of living. Because like I said earlier, bad things happen. Bad things always happen. 
Bad things happen to good people and life is not fair. And no matter how hard you try or how good you do or what size you wear or what person you are friends with, bad things are still going to happen in your life. Probably more often (laughs) than you're comfortable with. And when we are able to still laugh, we are able to reconnect with our humanity, with our essence, with our soul, with our inner being. And we are able to at least feel good, even when things are really bad. And the best thing about laughter is it really impacts other people as well. When you're in a stressful situation and nobody knows who is going to explode or get angry or, God forbid, violent, when somebody starts laughing, sometimes it just takes the pressure out and we all can connect in our shared humanity, in our shared faulty nature, and then we can laugh and we can really enjoy. The next step in flaunt is AU, and that stands for accept unconditionally, which I like to call the golden center of flaunt. Now, accepting unconditionally goes both ways. We need to accept ourselves unconditionally, and we need to accept other people unconditionally as well. Let me tell you about how that works. Most of us are not good at accepting ourselves unconditionally. Most of us like to think that we're somewhere different than we are. And sometimes it's somewhere better and sometimes it's somewhere worse. Sometimes we like to say, oh, yes, I know that I have it totally under control. It's all great. My kids are great. My house is great. I totally understand what you're asking for. I am a master at everything in my job and I totally have it under control. When in reality... We're totally worried sick about our kids. We don't know what's going on at work. We're completely confused by a new client. And when we, not, I hate to even use the word lie, but when we pretend that we're more capable of something than we really are, what we're doing is we're setting ourselves up not to learn. It's that whole proverb of, you know, when a glass is already full, It can't be filled up anymore. If we're pretending, yes, everything's great at home, everything's great at work, everything's great with my family, we can learn nothing. We're full, it's done. We can also not connect with people when we're full because nobody's perfect. And if I keep going out there presenting myself as infallible, I can't really connect with people on a human level because nobody else will be able to relate to me. So accepting unconditionally means accepting our flaws. It means accepting our lack of knowledge or experience in a certain area. And on the flip side, it also means accepting our brilliance. I have got a lot of amazing, brilliant ideas I'm a great mom. I'm an amazing dancer. I know a lot about fitness and health and hypnosis and the law and women and self-worth. I know all of that. And when I lie and I'm like, oh, I'm not that good. I don't know. Check somebody else. No, 
not only am I shortchanging myself, but I'm shortchanging everybody else around me because now I am not allowing them to seek me out and I'm not allowing my expertise to get out there and to touch lives. So we have to accept ourselves, both the positive and the negative, so we can affect change in the way we want to. Now, accepting others unconditionally, that's a whole other ball of wax. Think about all of the time and the energy that we spend trying to control other people. Oh, yeah, it's funny. And mm -hmm, you might be thinking, no, 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 not me. I don't try to control other people. Let me just tell you, I'm sure that you do. Even in very well-meaning ways, we try to control other people. Think about... I mean, the kids are an obvious example. It's so easy to say, no, I'm not trying to control them. I just want what's best for them. Yes and no. We do want what's best for our kids. But it's really hard to let our kids fall on their face or to fall on their own pick. And we do try to influence and control their behavior to make it easier for us. I don't want to clean up the splats every three days. I want it easier on all of us. Now, there's nothing wrong with this. I want to be clear about that. But it does start becoming insidious because then we start living our life thinking that we can control other people. How many of you were told by somebody, some well-meaning person, don't wear that? You don't want to give them the wrong idea. Or what will people think? Or be careful. Don't wear that to the bar. You don't want to get raped. We have been raised with the belief that what we wear, what we say, who we hang out with, what we do can actually influence somebody else's behavior, which is just not true. Yes, you can be careful. Yes, you can be rational. Yes, you can walk in groups. You can do all of that stuff. But the bottom line is we don't cause anybody else to do anything. We can't make another person happy. We can't disappoint another person. We just can't do it. They can be happy with or without us. They can be disappointed with or without us. We control ourselves and other people control themselves. I like to think about it in terms of addiction because so many people have experienced or have experience with addiction, whether it's alcohol or painkillers or, you know, sugar. They talk about the enabler. And the enabler is the person who is not looking at the situation with complete authenticity and how they enable the addict to continue on with their behavior. They make excuses. Oh, my Aunt Betty, she wasn't really drunk. She was just being mouthy. Oh, no, 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 no. She didn't mean that when she said it. What she really meant was we go out of our way to to account for other people's behavior, to excuse other people's behavior, to not accept them unconditionally. And then not only have we wasted all that time and all that energy, but we're crazed because we think we failed. If I think great aunt Betty 
can be controlled and her alcoholism can be controlled by me setting her at the different end of the table and not pouring her wine. And then she sneaks to the kitchen and gets wine and drinks it and gets mouthy and ruins Thanksgiving for everybody. I take responsibility for it because why didn't I watch her more? Why didn't I do this? We have to accept unconditionally that these people in our lives are going to do things because they are responsible for themselves and that we cannot change them. Which leads right into the next step and navigate the negative. While I don't believe that anything is inherently positive or negative, I believe that there are a lot of things in life that we need to adjust around. There are roadblocks, there are detours, there are things that come up in our lives and we have to navigate around them. My favorite example that I give one-on-one with clients all the time is I ask them, have you ever been driving home from work and there was an accident that was so bad it blocked the road? Or have you ever been driving home from work and the road was closed and there was a detour? And pretty much without fail, everyone's like, oh yeah. And the question I ask them is, so how many times when that has happened, do you get out of the car and walk away from your car and decide that you're never going to go home again? And without fail, nobody has ever made that choice. Without fail, everybody takes the detour or they backtrack or it takes two hours to get home, but they make it home. And that's navigation. Navigation is not pretty. Navigation is a total pain. Sometimes you have to sit there and wait out the traffic or wait for the accident to be cleared. Sometimes you literally have to drive completely out of the way. Go over a mountain. (laughs) You have to do some pretty extraordinary things sometimes to get through the detour. But the point is, you still make it home. One way or the other, you make it home. Your car is not permanently abandoned on the side of the road. Yet when it comes to us and our personal lives and our goals and our dreams and our desires, so often we metaphorically get out of the car and walk away. We have these excuses, you know, it wasn't meant to be, it didn't work out for me. Really, that's BS. I just kind of want to call that right here, right now. It's about navigation. We have got to navigate the negative. We've got to navigate those roadblocks, not quit. Which goes right to the last letter of flaunt, which is the T, and that is trust in your truth. So many of the glorious, beautiful, wonderful, juicy things in life are things that cannot be quantified or qualified. They're things that cannot be seen with the naked eye or to have it have a picture taken of or have somebody else prove. Like, you can't look at me and say, I see that you love, you know, your husband this amount and your oldest son this amount and your youngest son this amount and your mom this amount and your friend this amount. You can't look at me and tell me how much I love a certain person. You can't look at me and tell me what level of happiness I'm feeling or what level of despair that I'm feeling. You can't look at me and tell me any of that. Yet those are the experiences that make my life the most rich and the most rewarding. And those are things that only I can express to you because they are within me. They are not within you. 
And that's what trusting in your truth is all about. It's about being able to tune within to who you are and to know and to validate your own experiences because really it's all about validating you. It's not about having somebody else tell you you are worthy or tell you you are right or you are wrong or you are loved or you are in love. It's about you having that experience and validating it for yourself. So when you go through those five steps of flaunt every single day, and it's a practice, it's a practice, and you just integrate them, you overlay them in your life, it's not something that you need to do. It's not something that you need to try, but it's just something to overlay and to consciously be aware of. And when you flaunt every single day, Over time, you develop that sense of naked self-worth and you truly know that who you are right now is more than enough. And then when you do, suddenly you're not judging yourself anymore and other people's judgment of you just doesn't really matter because you see very clearly that their judgment about you says more about them than it could ever say about you. And life gets better because you do start expressing yourself more fully and you are free. I like to say you're free to flaunt. You're free to fall in love with yourself. You're free to dress how you want and eat what you want and do what you want and have that sovereignty and authority over your life and over your body and over your choices. You are free to flaunt because you have really dealt with all of those external layers and hangups and you have gotten naked and you have exposed yourself flaws brilliance and all and that is what flaunt and this show is all about and if you stick with me you will continue to see how those five steps of flaunt can be applied in your life you will hear stories of other people and their experiences and about how they develop their naked self-worth through the five steps of flaunt and you will be inspired and you will also start inspiring others because i'm a huge believer in sharing our sparkle sparkle is i believe that all souls sparkle all souls are like gems and they sparkle and gems sparkle the most brilliantly when they are fully exposed if you have a gem that's covered up it's just not going to sparkle but when it's naked and it's stripped down and it's polished bare oh it's brilliance touches everyone And that's why I use the concept of burlesque a lot in my work, because it's that stripping down. It's the removing of the layers. It's polishing what is bare and soft and tender inside so it can sparkle and shine and most importantly, touch others. Because when we're all sparkling and we're all naked, we can truly connect and we can make this world such a better beautiful brilliant place with our shared sparkling humanity so with that we're going to take a tiny little sponsor break and then when we come back we are going to move into this month's theme this month's theme is courage 
and bravery. And we're going to talk a bit about what courage and what bravery means. And I am going to share with you a little bit more about my journey through infidelity. And if you have not done so already, last week I released my show for the very first time that details my story, how I discovered that my husband of 23 years had spent 15 of those years having affairs with multiple women, multiple women the entire time. And I had no idea. And needless to say, finding out was beyond devastating. And it was the only time in my life where I truly questioned my ability to go on. Where I truly thought, you know what? You've done a lot, Laura, but this is it. This takes the cake. So after this word from today's sponsor, I will go into that story and we will talk a little bit more about courage and bravery because I am quite sure that you have your story too. And it might, it might be infidelity and it might not. It doesn't really matter what the story is. We all have that thing in our life where we think this is it. I can't go on. And what I want is to assure you that yes, you can go on. I, I want to acknowledge that Yes, it's sometimes worse than you think. And it sometimes does get worse before it gets better. But it's okay. And it's not about just moving into a state of joy and forgetting it. But there are ways that you can hold that pain and hold that devastation with bravery, with courage, and move ahead and to create a life that is honestly better than the one before. So we'll be back in a few minutes. Stick with us. According to Harvard's Health and Happiness Study, the number one way to find happiness is to feel good. And Laura's 90-day Fit to Flaunt program is all about feeling good every day. If you're sick and tired of the unhealthy, unrealistic, and unattainable goals that the diet and fitness industry shoves at us all, then Fit to Flaunt is the program for you. Based on your goals, your body, your lifestyle, and most importantly, how you feel, Fit to Flaunt will change the way you think about health, happiness, and most importantly, yourself. For more information, go to www.lauracheadle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com because the program starts soon (laughs) and fills up fast. And we are back. This is Laura Cheadle and you are listening to Flaunt. Build your dreams and live your sparkle. In the first half of the show, we did a deep dive through the five steps of flaunt and talked about how practicing the five steps of flaunt every day can help you develop a sense of naked self-worth, which is your ability to value yourself for who you are right now, not who you think you should be. And when you do that, you're able to release self-judgment. You're able to release that incessant need to please and to prove your worth. You're able to quit fighting and express yourself fully and finally be exactly who you are. 
for this half of the show, we're going to talk about courage and bravery. Now, courage and bravery are kind of different animals. They're similar, um, but they're different at the same time. If you think about the cowardly lion and he had courage, he was also brave because he did things. Courage is more of that internal sense of I can do this and I can handle it. And then bravery is more that external, I can do it, I can do it. So if you skydive, you're kind of brave. You're doing something that's physically dangerous and you're brave. Are you courageous? I don't know. Maybe and maybe not. If it does not intimidate you or strike any kind of fear or nervousness in your system, in your stomach, in your gut, then you're probably not courageous. You're just being brave and you're doing something. But if you're really overcoming something, that's where that courage comes in. It can take an enormous amount of courage to call and order a pizza on the phone. I remember when my kids were younger, this generation of kids didn't grow up with a lot of phone skills. And the idea of calling sometimes somebody was sometimes just intimidating. And then the idea of them ordering a pizza. We went through this lesson. It was like, oh my gosh. They were afraid to make calls. They didn't know what the person was going to ask. They didn't know how to structure the payment. They didn't know how the process worked. And they were really afraid. And it took courage to do that because they were setting themselves up for a little bit of failure. They were setting themselves up for a little bit of embarrassment or rejection. And that kind of took an act of courage to learn how to make phone calls and to learn how to order a pizza. Now, on the courage scale, admittedly, that's fairly small, but that's courage. That's not bravery. I know, again, bravery is strong physical feats, doing something really outrageous. Courage is that more internal sense. Like I said earlier in the intro of the show, when we were talking about flaunt, we all have that mean girl voice in our head. We all beat ourselves up pretty badly. Why didn't I say this? Why didn't I do this? We judge ourselves harshly. And we also allow other people's judgment of us to impact us more than we care to admit. I feel like I've done a really good job at untangling myself from the judgments of others, yet I still find myself stung when somebody says something, even though I know that it's not true, even though that I know it's it's done because of jealousy or to be mean. It still stings. So judgment. It takes courage to look at that judgment, whether it's the judgment of yourself or the judgment of others, and to analyze, is there any truth to that? Is somebody saying that, or am I saying that, because there's something true in there, and perhaps I need to look at it? Is it sheer jealousy, or is there a nugget of truth in it? 
And it's really hard sometimes to look at ourselves honestly and objectively in that light and to be able to say, you know what? Wow. I am being extra harsh on myself. I did make a mistake. I can offer myself grace, but I can also learn from this. And I can admit my mistakes. And that is a very courageous thing to do. Now, I mentioned right before the break that I was going to talk about my journey through infidelity. And in last week's show, I told my story because I am an expert in my own story. I shared some of my husband's story for context, but his story is his story and my story is my story. And I want to be careful not to conflate the two. So let me walk you through this. There's some bravery and there's some courage on both of our parts. And I just want to explain and share. And if you have thoughts on this, I absolutely would love for you to reach out because there's nothing better than having contact with listeners. Okay, when I discovered that he was having affairs... Like I said last week, it was kind of a long, slow, drip, drip, painful revelation. And I would learn about one woman and then I would learn about another woman. And these things kept coming out. At some point, initially, obviously, as you might imagine, he was very defensive over you. This is your fault. Sure, I did it, but it wasn't my fault. Very laid the blame at me, didn't take responsibility, didn't accept that. And it set us up to be very combative towards each other. And fortunately for us, and probably a large part of the reason that we are still together today, yes, we are happily together today, is because very early on, he laid down his arms and he courageously and bravely said this was not you Laura this was not caused by you you didn't do anything wrong I am damaged I am broken I was trying to appease myself I was trying to make myself happy I'm broken not you it's me That was a very brave and a very courageous thing to do. Brave because he didn't know how I would respond to that. We were very early on in this process and it was very emotional and very painful. And he had no idea how I was going to respond to that. And quite frankly, I had no idea how I would respond either. I was literally just living in the moment, moment to moment to moment. And... Inside of him, he had to dig so deep. He had to get so clear on what he wanted going forward and how he wanted to show up in this conversation. Do I continue to lie and to protect myself and to deflect and to say, it's your fault, it's your fault, it's your fault? Or do I want to get real and get honest and 
Talk about my brokenness. Talk about my trauma. Talk about what I was thinking. Talk about what was going on in my head and get real so I can maybe have the chance to heal. That was a really hard thing for him to do, as I bet you can imagine. And you know, even though I was... I hate the word victim because I believe this experience happened. It it did happen to me, but it happened for me. And I wasn't a cause of any of it. And I take no blame because he made the choices. He, it's his integrity that was in question. It's his actions. I take no blame for that. But at the same time, I was a party to it. And once he did that, it made it, it gave me the courage to also go within myself and to get curious about what was my part in this. Because again, it's not my fault. It's not my cause. I didn't do anything wrong. However, there were actions that I took and things that I said that he interpreted incorrectly, but that they did lead to the infidelity. We were just reading recently this brilliant book. I'll probably get the title wrong, but if I remember, I will put it in the show notes. It's how, how to fight for your marriage without talking about it or how to save your marriage without talking about it, something like that. And the quote in the book was, when you are afraid of something, the ideas come into your mind. When you're afraid of something, those mental pictures come in and they make you stop doing it. And when you are having shame, you disassociate and you will not think of it. So if I'm afraid of lions and tigers and bears, I have images of myself being eaten by lions and tigers and bears, and it keeps me away from the lions and tigers and bears. But if I have had a shame-filled experience, such as what my husband must have had and must have felt when he had to admit that he had had multiple affairs, that creates a lot of shame. And what happens when you want when you want to avoid shame is you distance yourself and you project and you defend and you don't get these clear images of what will happen if you just want to run away from it. Encourage, true courage is being able to deal with your own level of shame, deal with your own brokenness, deal with the fact that somebody might hate you, that you might never see your wife and your kids and your family again, but that you know this is your only path through. And that even though your integrity is completely broken and you have messed up beyond belief, it is still your only path through. And even though it's going to be harder in the moment to muster up that courage to admit, to talk, 
to try. And I think most importantly, to be okay with the fact that it might blow up in your face. And that takes an extraordinary amount of courage. And you know, the same thing on my side. It took, there was shame. There was absolutely shame in the mistakes that I had made. When you're married, when you're in a relationship, you make mistakes. When you're in life, you make mistakes. I absolutely knew that I made mistakes. I knew that I said things sometimes intentionally that were mean. I knew that I would roll my eyes or be non-supportive or, you know, criticize. I knew that. I knew that there were times I fighted unfairly. And again, it's not that I took the blame or I took the responsibility, but I also had to get really courageous and admit, wow, I see how my actions were interpreted by you to be disrespectful. I see how that sounded like a criticism. I see how my behavior impacted you. And it's horrifying. And that's when that shame rises up. And then when the shame rises up, you want to run. You want to say, forget it. I'm out of here. We're done. You cheated. It's over. We're done. Because the shame rises up. And it takes an extraordinary amount of courage to move into that shame and to say, I get it. And I'm sorry. And I offer up all of my truths and all of my apologies. And here's what it is. And whatever you do with that, I have to be okay with. Because I'd rather stay in my integrity and bring you the truth and own my part than anything. That was courageous of me. That was courageous of him. Because neither one of us knew where the other person stood in those first few moments, in those first few weeks or days or months. We both had to be extraordinarily courageous to speak our truth and to admit all of our shortcomings. And then we had to get brave. And let me tell you a little bit about that bravery. I had talked, I've talked a few times about the judgment of others. Think about the judgment other people have about somebody else's marriage. How do you feel when you hear a story from your friend or a family member about what's going on in their life or their marriage? You have judgments, you have opinions, right? How do you feel when you find out that somebody you love has been cheated on? What do you think they should do? Leave him, take him for all he's worth, run, get out of there. Why aren't you done? There was so much judgment placed on me for staying, for trying to work through it, for being curious, for being brave, for being in integrity. There was an enormous amount of judgment on me forever talking to him again. And even though 
I felt in my heart, I felt with every fiber of my being that I was doing the right thing. It was so scary to approach other people and be like, yeah, this happened and we're still talking. Yeah, this happened and he's going to move back in. Yeah, this happened and I choose forgiveness. And not only do I choose forgiveness, I am choosing compassion for both of us and I'm choosing love. And no, I'm not a battered woman. And no, I'm not being manipulated. And no, he didn't make me a deal. And no, it's not about, you know, money and all of those things. It's about me. It's about him, but it's about me. And it's about my integrity. And it's about my courage to go forward knowing that, of course, my judgment could be wrong. Of course, I could get burned. But I feel courageous enough to fight for the truth and to fight for compassion and to fight for love. I feel brave enough to face everybody out there who's accusing me and who's accusing him and who doesn't understand. And that's what courage and bravery are about. They're about doing the hard things for the reasons that you perceive to be right. And whether or not you fall on your face later, in a way, doesn't matter. Because we have to be in our own integrity and we have to do those hard things. And I would rather be as brave and as courageous as I can in the moment. And then if things fall apart, being able to know inside that I truly did do it all. That I left nothing on the table. And then I will know. Because to me, and again, we're all different. You may be different. To me, it's that knowing. It's knowing that I did it all. It's knowing that I took the risk. And that even if I failed, I did take the risk. And if I succeed, it's glorious. But it's not necessarily about the success or the failure. It's about stepping into that bravery, into that courage, into that integrity, and doing whatever it is, no matter how hard that you feel inside you need to do. And how, how does this how does this circle back around to joy, you know, to uninhibited joy, to self-expression, to being free, free to flaunt, free to sparkle? Let me tell you how. I left nothing on the table and it was very difficult. And I lost friendships. And yeah, I had people yell at me and I had people be angry at me and tell me I was stupid. And we lost friendships. Mm -hmm. And that, there is nothing happy or good about that. I'm not going to lie. There is nothing happy or good about any of that. But here's what it is. I know. I know 
I know who I am and I know what I did and I know that I did it for the right reasons. And I know what my husband did. I know everything, no matter how painful that he did. And there's that phrase, the truth shall set you free. And the thing is, it does. Because we're closer now because we know each other in these very deep, dark, broken places. And nobody else can hurt us because we know the truth of the situation. In words and judgments, it's so easy to see how somebody doesn't understand because we have been brave and we have been courageous in taking those next steps. And I no longer need to hide. I don't need to hide the fact that I was betrayed in one of the worst ways. It's all out there. And I'm not hiding and I'm not protecting because I know that I have the bravery and the courage to face whatever comes my way. So life suddenly feels less threatening and less scary because it's going to get bad. People will die. Things that I love will be taken from me. Holy heck, we're in the middle of a whole pandemic. But I know that I can still express myself fully and that I can step into an amount of bravery and courage that I didn't know that I had. And that I no longer have to be afraid because whatever the universe throws at me, I'll be able to grieve. I'll be able to throw a fit. I'll be able to do whatever it is that I need to do to get through it. And then I know that there is another side because I know that I've got that courage and that bravery. So I can express myself fully. So I can take whatever judgment is thrown at me. And so I can please myself and that I no longer have to worry about what will people think because it doesn't matter what people think it only matters who I am and what I think I said this earlier but I truly mean it I would love it if you were able to reach out to me with your thoughts with your questions share stories about instances of your bravery your courage Let's talk. Let's keep this conversation going. Um, I know the last couple weeks have not been super sparkly. They've been super deep. (laughs) But you know what? You got to go deep. You've got to go low in order to hit those highs. So have an amazing, amazing, glorious week. Reach out to me. I, you probably know this, but if you don't, go to my website, Laura Cheadle, L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E, LauraCheadle.com, and sign up for my newsletter. I've got this incredible bundle of joy gift pack. It's got a dance tutorial, it's got hypnosis, and it's got an increasing your intuition worksheet. And those three things together are guaranteed to get you <laughs> out of your head and out of the place of fear and judgment and into your heart and into your integrity and into your courage so you can quit being afraid 
so you can get that mean girl voice out of your head, so you can let go of other people's ideas about who you are and who you should be and what you should and should not do. And you can just start expressing yourself fully in the way that makes you the happiest and the most joyful. Because life is hard. It's always going to be hard, whether we're in the middle of a pandemic or a divorce or a diagnosis. It's always going to be hard. Step into that integrity. Step into your courage. Step into your bravery. Download my bundle of joy gift pack. Have an amazing week. Thank you for spending this time. And join me the rest of the month for other stories of courage and bravery. Thank you for being here, lauracheadle.com. And as usual, don't forget to flaunt. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Build your dreams, live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Overcome the need to please and find the uninhibited joy of being exactly who you are right now. Come find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Find out more and get your free gift at lauracheadle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com.